This is exactly right. My favorite murder, the mini-sode. Hi, that we're videoing for the fan cult. The fan cult gets to see the amazing gestures we're using right now to big introduce this <laughs> mini-sode. <laughs> there you so, go. Hands. Yeah. Hands. So hands, many shoulders. Hands. Yeah. This is not what we normally look like when we're recording. No, we hired eight extra hands. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. You want to go first? You want me to go first? I'll kick this one off. I'm not going to read you the subject line. It says, it just starts right in. All business. Okay. My husband and I got married in New Orleans in 2019. It was just the two of us on the moonwalk beside the Mississippi, and it was magical. Hmm. NOLA will forever have a place in my heart. On the final day we were there, we had booked into a Creole cooking class, and we were killing time before it started by having a drink in a bar in the French Quarter. We were chatting to the barman when he suddenly went quiet and flicked on the TV to a weather report. At the same time, both our phones pinged with an alert saying, tornado warning, find shelter, this is not a drill. Oh, shit. Being from Liverpool in the UK, <laughs> tornadoes are not something either of us was prepared to handle on a light buzz from some midday drinking. <laughs> no one else in the bar seemed phased by the approaching tornado, which the weather report said had touched down about a mile outside the city. <gasps> okay. <laughs> so scary. As we looked at each other in mild panic, a kindly woman sitting at the end of the bar leaned over to us and said, Honey, I'm from Kansas. You don't need to worry until the sky turns green. And then she went back to her drink. <laughs> oh, that sounds more <laughs> ominous than it's supposed to, I think. What does well, that mean, green? I mean, because of the tornado, that's yeah. what happens, apparently. Okay, all right. That's how you know it's panic time. Oh, my God. The barman returned from calling a few of his friends to make sure they were safe and then poured everyone another round of drinks. <laughs> we went to our cooking class, learned how to make gumbo, jambalaya, and pralines, and Ooh. promptly texted everyone at home that we'd just survived a tornado. <laughs> Apparently, it takes more than a tornado to kill the vibe in New Orleans. <laughs> Did I say New Orleans at the beginning and now I'm saying New Orleans? I don't remember New. I don't remember that. Nor does it matter. No. I love you guys and everything you do. Your podcast has got me through the final stages of my PhD. Wow. And your yeah, it's big. And your voices have been with me through ups, downs, and everything in between since then. And for that, I'm so very grateful. Stay sexy and don't panic until the sky turns green. <laughs> See. I love it. I thought there was going to be like a whole, like we hang out in the bar for the, you know, that's what a tornado warning sounds like to me. Yeah, like lock down, get into the cellar, bring yeah. bottles of rum down with you. Totally. And, nope, Go to, still go to your cooking class. Everything's yeah. fine. All Please right. learn some recipes. <laughs> okay, this one's called, How Many 911 Calls is Normal? Which is a great question. Hello to everyone, but especially the new pets and also the old ones. <laughs> A recent mini-sode got me thinking about how often the average person makes 911 calls in their life. I mean, how often have either of you personally called 911 during an emergency? Once. I think like three for me. Mm. Not very often. Because at 24, I've made four 911 calls on behalf of others around me. 
I don't know if that's because I generally fuck politeness and don't just mind my own business or because I'm a nosy bitch, but I'll let you decide. The first call happened in my hometown. At two in the morning, a car full of us 16-year-old girls decided the only interesting thing to do was to go get McDonald's and go for a late night drive. As we sat at a red light in the deserted downtown square, a girl stumbled in front of our car. She was in a sleeveless romper, spaghetti straps and short shorts, and holding her high heels. She looked to be about college age, and as we were only three or four blocks from campus, it wasn't too surprising. Except for the fact that she was stumbling in the opposite direction from the university towards the edge of town and the train tracks, and it was about 35 degrees and dropping. Oh, in a romper? A in a romper. strap romper at, in 35 degree weather. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As we all sat watching her for a while, trying to decide what to do, until I firmly decided our best option was to call 911. I informed the dispatcher where she was, and we followed her as she zigzagged up onto people's lawns and into the street. We waited until one cop car showed up, and then I insisted we wait until another showed up because the idea of a lone cop with a blackout drunk college student in the middle of the night made me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. From that point on, I've never hesitated to get involved in other people's emergencies. Bystander psychology tells us that in a high-intensity situation, most people will assume that somebody else is handling it. Someone else will call 911. Someone else has more medical training. Someone else knows more than me. Because of this bystander effect, many people remain in danger long past necessary. Be the busybody that gets involved and asks someone if they need help. You might be the only one. Lastly, remember that less than 20% of 911 calls actually involve an ongoing crime or anything that requires police involvement. 80% of that funding should be going towards the emergency medical personnel, social workers, and community advocates that are actually required for most calls. Encourage your local state and government to funnel money where the statistics show it's actually needed. Thank you both for the work you're doing and the advice you're giving, especially to young women. You're the vulgar, brash ants I never had and always needed. Stay sexy and don't hesitate to call 911, Mads. Mads, first of all, how are we vulgar? <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's really true. And isn't it true that after the summer of 2020 and a, a lot of the Black Lives Matter marches and movements changed the procedure, I believe it was in Colorado, Mm -hmm. and they started sending out, like, social workers instead of police. And it was like, it it just almost like as a study, and it worked way better. Right. Less jail time. Like, a lot of times people, it's a mental health issue or it's a medical issue. De-escalate the situation, for sure. Right. And this is why it's so important to vote in every election, whether or not you think it's important. It yeah. is important to other people. Yeah. I think so. we're starting to learn that now. Yeah. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's 
that's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill. If you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom, it's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Okay, it says, a funny cult story or don't be nosy. Hi, beautiful souls. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Started listening from the beginning and got about two years in over the last six months. And then in parentheses, it says, also, I have diagnosed OCD. (laughs) And then there's there's the laughing, crying emoji. Thanks for getting me through tough times like today, for example. I went to a funeral for the associate dean of my old music school today, and all the old college memories crawled back into my brain, like the one when I was getting high with his daughter in the backseat of our friend's car (laughs) on our way to rehearsal for the music man. She slammed the door on my head because she forgot I was getting out. (laughs) I didn't feel a thing, haha, but I almost peed my pants laughing. Oh, the memories. (laughs) The memory I thought you'd appreciate was the time after a daytime concert when we went to none other than the mall food court for lunch. In case you've never been to a Western Corral concert, I'm assuming it's pronounced Corral, Mm C-H-O-R-A-L. The dudes all wear matching tuxedos and the chicks all wear the most old lady looking dresses. Ours were long sleeve, nearly floor length, black dresses with a tie at the waist so that nobody looks attractive, topped off with matching fake pearl necklaces and earrings. Short story long, my friend comes back from the bathroom and explains that a woman confronted her about our table, which happened to have one long-haired rocker still in a tux and three long-haired blondes still in granny dresses. This woman asked my friend if we were part of a cult. She happened to ask a theater major. (laughs) With zero hesitation, my friend said yes and said something along the lines of praise be to the master. Oh my God. (laughs) The concerned woman asked if she needed help and my friend straight-faced 
had an entire conversation about how much she enjoyed the cult with this woman. Oh my God. When my friend came back to the table, she didn't sit down. She quickly explained what happened and we knew what to do. The guy stood up. We helped him put his coat on. (laughs) Then we cleaned the table off and followed him out single file to the car, looking down at the ground the entire time. And then it just says, nerds. <laughs> Such nerds. But it makes me miss those kinds of, like, that girl is like someone you want to know for the rest of your life. You Entirely. Know? All of them. <sighs> it says, we giggled all the way back to the college. It gave me a much-needed belly laugh again today as I debated about telling you. I hope this at least gave one of your awesome team members a good snicker. It's Alejandra that <laughs> reads them. Clearly. And don't worry. I called my dad, even though the cult wasn't real. SSDGM and maybe don't assume ugly corral outfits mean cults. And then there's no name. <laughs> that is true. That was like, hey, you look silly. Are you in a cult? Yeah. <laughs> kind of judgmental of that woman. That poor it's, woman, though, was just like, trying to help a young girl. That poor woman is kind of fucking politeness in the way that yeah. we base our advice on. You know what I mean? Like a concerned aunt that's at the bathroom at the mall going, excuse me, do you want to be wearing a pearl necklace and pearl earrings? Yeah, you look a little ridiculous. Are you okay? Do you need help? Are you in a bad clothes cult? (laughs) That is something you and I would probably do. (laughs) Your brash aunts. Yeah, and vulgar. Very vulgar. Very vulgar. Let's see. This is called My Tribal Lore Helped Me Predict a Car Crash. Extreme Coincidence! (laughs) Hello, hello, hello. I've written in a few times, but once you asked for extreme coincidences, I knew I needed to write in again. For context, I'm a Native American, and in my tribe, I'm Muscogee Creek. Owls are bad news. Death omen, bad news. Mm. Two weeks ago, I had an awful dream where I was sitting in the passenger seat of my best friend's car, and a large snow owl was trying to get in the car through my window. I woke up in a cold sweat, truly freaking out because when owls are involved, I don't mess around. I used to try and be rebellious and keep a large owl candle on my windowsill until one night my cat knocked it directly onto my head and gave me a concussion. <laughs> Let How me big get- was that fucking candle? <laughs> Sounds <Jesus>. large. <laughs> Let me get back to the car. A week after this dream, while I was driving to school with my best friend, a woman driving a Jeep sped through a red light and plowed directly into the passenger side of the car. My best friend and I were totally fine, just shaken up, but the first words out of my mouth after the collision were, I called it. My best friend did not like this. When I called my very indigenous mother to tell her what happened, she immediately went on a long-winded tirade about how my ancestors had warned me. And while at the time it was hilarious, I now believe her. Mm-hmm. I started listening to MFM in the eighth grade. Oh. And I'm now graduating high school this year. Ooh. I know. Sorry. Thank sorry. you so much for narrating my teen years and keeping me thoroughly terrified of the outside world. <laughs> Stay Mm. sexy. (laughs) And if you see an owl, run screaming in the other direction. (laughs) Much love, Estella. (laughs) I feel bad, though, because they're like, hey, you're going to get in a car accident. But no, like, here's how to avoid it. You still have to get in that car. That's the thing about omens. Is you still have to live your life and stuff, but but don't invite it, you know? Don't yeah. <laughs> try to listen to your ancestors. If they're actually yeah. speaking to you, why would you not be listening? There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound... 
means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Okay, here's my last one. The subject line is you aren't supposed to be their hometown story roller coaster edition. And it starts EO. I was just listening to the minisode where Karen set off the museum alarm. You called for really obvious after the fact you weren't supposed to be there slash do that stories. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Here is a gem from my childhood. I grew up outside of Fort Worth, Texas. My dad was a teacher, so it was just him, my brother, and me during the summer while my mom worked. We lived half an hour from Six Flags over Texas Amusement Park. Mm. We had season passes and went every single Wednesday for a few hours before it got too hot and crowded. This was the summer of 98, so between Six Flags and repeatedly watching Titanic at the Dollar Theater, our summer was legit. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> right? At Six Flags, there's a very old roller coaster called the Runaway Mine Train. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, that gets me. They ain't been a runaway mine here in 25 he, years. There's what kids love. <laughs> miners. Miners <Kids> love <laughs> miners. mining and miners. It's an underwhelming but fun ride. On this ride, the train slowly passes through a saloon with dummies playing poker and a piano before dropping over a hill and taking off again. My brother was a tragically skinny eight-year-old and figured out he could push his knees out to leave the safety bar loose and have a wild ride. You see where this is going. Oh, dear. Children. Mm -hmm. Children. We decided it would be hilarious if he crawled out while the train was in the saloon and play cards with the dummy. <laughs> that's true. That would be fucking hilarious. I'm laughing my ass off right now. <laughs> However, okay. <laughs> Howm. However. I was a chubby 10-year-old, me too, so my job was to help boost him out and play hype sister. <laughs> Much to our delight, the plan worked. Oh my God. Right. The line was short, and I rode the ride again to see my brother acting like an old-timey cowboy. Oh, <laughs> epic. Epic. If only you had a phone with a camera on it. Dude, every time we'd go through the Pirates of the Caribbean when we were kids, I just wanted to get out and fucking go live in that jail town, you know? For real. Yeah. Get chased around a table. That's right. To see my brother acting like an old-timey cowboy, shuffling cards and pretending to drink a <laughs> mug of beer. So he's actually, like, picking up the props I and everything. I him. However, like all best laid child plans, mm -hmm. we were immediately caught. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you were. <laughs> the ride had to be shut down, and my brother was removed from the saloon through an emergency exit by an unamused teenager. We were hauled to an office and forced to wait. 
As this was the time before cell phones, our dad couldn't find us at our rendezvous spot and alerted security. Eventually, he found us sheepishly sitting in the security office. We were all kicked out of the park. (laughs) (laughs) We knew we were done for. No more Titanic Mondays or Six Flag Wednesdays. (sighs) We would be relegated to do chores and watching Maury the rest of the summer. But much to our surprise, Dad didn't want to tell our mom that he let us roam around Six Flags unattended while he chilled in the air-conditioned food court. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what was Dad doing that whole time? Yep, he was like, you go have fun, leave me alone. Totally. I'm going to eat this $17 hamburger. So we just all agreed that we learned our lesson and that Mom didn't need to know about this. <laughs> nice. We decided to stay away from Six Flags for a week or two. I think Dad secretly found it hilarious, but would never say that. We resumed our regular Six Flags trips, but always wore sunglasses and a hat at the gate to thwart security. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the whole hey, family. Hey, kid, get out. Yeah, as if they give a shit. That's so cute. And <laughs> the eight-year-old brother wore a long beard. Like a minor. <laughs> we just knew they had facial recognition technology. Mm. Kid logic. Mm-hmm. I had several Six Flags stories from being a frequent visitor over the years. If you ever want more, you know we want more. Yes, we need uh, amusement park stories. Yes, please. I got barfed on in, at Disneyland on the train roller coaster. The Thunder Thunder, Thunder, Mountain. Thunder, Thunder Mountain. Mountain. Got barfed I on. I was going to say Thunder and Lightning. <laughs> you got <laughs> barfed on from someone else on the train? Yeah, the person ahead of us. This little kid barfed on the rest of the train, and we all had to be and sit on the train in silence for the rest of the roller coaster. Everyone was just completely barfed on, like, and the the smell, like the smell of whatever that kid had been eating all day, like cotton candy and fucking hot dogs, chili, (laughs) tuna noodle casserole, like whatever it was, fresh lobster. And it was a date. I was on a date with a new dude too. Oh no! And we had to go get. Did we? You had to go break up. Yeah. You had to go make out in the parking lot. Made out. It was the best make out of my life. Okay. No. Send us your stories. No. Wait. I think I've told you this one, but this is Christine Tomasini, who is a friend of my sister's from high school. Her and her family were at Disneyland, and she was staring at a girl who had really, she had really big hair. It was Mm -hmm. like she had kind of really, I don't know if it was like, Na- a natural, like a fro kind of, or mm-hmm. it's like really curly, but like big and circular mm-hmm. all around her head. And then as she was staring at the hair, like, oh, that's really good hair. The hair just went flat. Mm-hmm. And she was like, my eyes. And then she realized it was because somebody barfed on <gasps> off of the tram onto this girl's head. Oh, that poor girl. And she witnessed the entire thing. Oh. I was just like, that is fucking theme parks, man. They're, Nightmare. I won't I go think, anymore. I don't, I'm good. You Things- know what, if we... If we get enough stories, you won't have to go anymore. That's right. We'll just have people telling us stories. That's right. Wait, I'm just, I'm two lines away from the end of this. Okay, do it. Oh, so they're telling us that they have more Six Flags stories. Yes, Mm -hmm. please send more in. And please put in the subject line, these are my more Six Flags stories. Right. Thank you for your podcast, and thank you for being a friend. Stay sexy and keep your arms and legs inside the train at all times. (laughs) Taylor. (laughs) Taylor, great job. Taylor, you nailed it. You gave us so many things. All right, here's my last one. That's actually about a date also. It says, uh, be careful what you put in your pocket on dates. Hello there, and hello from London. I'm a huge fan of yours, and I know you are huge fans of things found in the walls and also treasure. So I'm hoping (laughs) you also might be fans of something that has just happened to me. I shall call it things found on dates. 
like being barfed on. Mm. Last night, I went on a date. It's last night, wow. And it was decided we should try a little spontaneous mudlarking. Welcome to dating in your 40s. Hey. Mudlarking. It says, uh, in case you aren't aware, mudlarking is a British activity of the Victorian times when you basically scavenge around for treasure in the mud and stones and God knows what of a river. I follow a lot of mudlarking Instagrams. They're fucking fascinating. We had so many plans to go mudlarking when we were in London. Just never happened. But it never happened because you have to wake up at like seven in the morning. Oh, that's right. Mm. That was the deal breaker. That's a deal breaker for me. In this case, it was the River Thames. And this was my first mudlark outing. To set the scene, we were in proper city of London territory under the shadows of St. Paul's Cathedral with Tate Modern opposite us across the river. It was around 8 p.m. at night and I was in a carefully selected white jumpsuit with white converse. He was in jeans with equally white trainers. After weaving past a group of drunk men, climbing down old steps, and stepping over scattered rubbish, we came to a rocky part of the riverbed to start digging about. It was so peaceful down there and surprisingly sexy watching my date dig about the mud with his hands. (laughs) Sorry, really quick. This person wore a white jumpsuit to Mudlark? Yeah. I think she's showing how spontaneous and fun she can be. Gotcha. We found old clay piping, old, old age cigarettes, bits of pottery, and even an animal hip bone. And then I hit gold. I found a fully intact, prehistoric, fossilized shark tooth. Ooh. As a slight segue, a year before, I'd been hanging out with friends on a river beach in Kent, UK, when one of them found a prehistoric shark tooth. So last night, in my desire to impress, I may have slightly over-egged my expertise of fossilized shark teeth. (laughs) Super chuffed with my treasure, I popped the shark tooth into my jumpsuit pocket and we carried on squelching about for a bit before deciding to go for a drink. Fast forward an hour later when we're settled in at a bar and I decide to excitedly study my shark tooth. It was amazing. It had its one pointed shark bit and then a thicker base of the tooth. And that was when my date took it in his hand and slowly flipped it upside down. It turns out the one pointed shark bit wasn't a tooth point, but more of a tooth rot. And in the light of the bar, we could see that the thicker base was actually very clearly a textured, almost crater like surface. The reality hit then from his face to mine. I had not found a shark's tooth, I had found a human tooth. Oh. <laughs> No. With with a bit of manic internet searching, we found out that before dentists, and dentists are in quote, people with bad teeth just had them wrenched out and chucked into the sewers where they traveled in all kinds of shit to the river, waiting to be found 200 plus years later by two 40-year-olds on a date. There were even mid-19th century tooth pullers who wore leather hats with lots of teeth decorating the hat. (laughs) It says, Google it. I still can't unsee the hat with 89 teeth. Oh, I'm gonna. And so here I am this morning writing to you with the date and random human tooth still in my house. Hey. Hey, girl. Yes. Mm. I can't stop wondering about the life of the human who once owned this tooth and then the luck I've had in finding a brilliant man in my 40s post a horrible divorce and world pandemic who is not only kind, hilarious, and looks sexy digging in river mud, but he is still here after I forced him to carry the tooth for the rest of the night. (laughs) No way was I throwing it away, and no way that Nasher was going back in my pocket. (laughs) Stay sexy and be careful what you put in your pocket on dates. See. 
I like that one. I just kind of like hopeful and shit. Yeah. And yeah. kind of fun. Fun, hopeful. I I thought in the description, I was like, is this going to be like an old piece of dog shit? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, was try- I was just doing worst case scenario. Yeah. But, but actually, I think a human tooth is a little bit grosser to me. It's pretty gross. I you I don't you want to hope that it's super old because it's almost more disgusting if it's from like a month ago than if it was yes. like a two hundred year old tooth. What if it was a tooth? What if they like did DNA testing on it? and It turns out that it's re- the tooth is related to someone in her like lineage or whatever. That would yeah, be cool. Or it's her neighbor. Or it's her neighbor's tooth. <laughs> <laughs> or her date likes her so much he pulled his own molar out so Aww. she could find something nice. Aww. I love that the tooth and the date is still in my house. See, That's I hope you date. write back to us and let us know how that relationship goes. Totally. We'd love, it. We'd love to hear about it on your one-year anniversary. Yeah. Is that it? I put in, it. that is it, but wait, I looked up tooth puller's job mm-hmm. and then I'm looking at images. Let me see. It's just a bunch of different pictures of pliers. Wait, what else should I add in that search line? Um, uh, Victorian? London, Victorian tooth pullers. It's like it's not a people. They literally would have their the pliers in the person's mouth. The person's tied to a chair. And oh then, look at this. Could this be real? Horror of Victorian dentistry. Oh, it is. Yeah. Wait, this is really good. Oh, yeah. There you go. Hold still. Hold still. How hilarious. Oh my it's like god. Your brother is down there holding. Can you see that the little kid <gasps> <Yes>. holding? <laughs> oh my god. Wait. Steven, can we post that on the Instagram? Oh, you're fucked. Just pull them all. <laughs> the backstreet horror of Victorian dentistry exposed in grim photos. Mm. <laughs> cool. Well, we've done it. We've done it. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Fan Cult, for looking at us while while listening. Um, also, if you guys want one more uh, story each, there's a mini mini sode in the Fan Cult as well. There's a lot of cool shit in the Fan Cult, so please feel free oh, to head over there. Go over there. Myfavoritemurder.com. Company. Yeah. Connections. That's right. T-shirts. The three C's. <laughs> <laughs> Stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie? This has been an Exactly Right production. Our senior producer is Hannah Kyle Crichton. Our producer is Alejandra Keck. This episode was engineered and mixed by Stephen Ray Morris. Our researcher is Gemma Harris. Email your hometowns and fucking hoorays to myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at myfavoritemurder and Twitter at myfavemurder. Goodbye. Follow My Favorite Murder on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase My Favorite Murder merch.